Asset Arrest, your global agent for accessing the property you can't afford. Hello and welcome to the third episode of Asset Arrest, a podcast in which each episode centres around a viewing of a different luxury property that I, Laura Yule, attend masquerading as a potential buyer with a different invited guest each time. So you might call it a kind of critical property review podcast, looking at the high end of residential property in major cities that has been marketed towards a global audience looking to invest rather than purchase a proper home. This episode is the second of a series of Berlin-based episodes that have been made possible thanks to a residency supported by the Newbridge Project in Newcastle, Durham University's Politics of Urban Social Innovation Project and ZKU Centre for Art and Urbanistics in Berlin, where I spent two months working and living. I want to start with a quote from David Madden and Peter Marcus's book In Defence of Housing, which was published in 2016. Critics, reformers and activists have invoked the term housing crisis for more than 100 years. The phrase once again became pervasive after the global economic meltdown of 2008. But we need to be careful with this usage of the concept of crisis. The idea of crisis implies that inadequate or unaffordable housing is abnormal, a temporary departure from a well-functioning standard. But for working class and poor communities, housing crisis is the norm. Insufficient housing has been the mark of dominated groups throughout history. Discrete moments when housing crises become acute tend to be interpreted away as exceptions to a fundamentally sound system. But this is an ideological distortion. The experience of crisis in the residential sphere reflects and amplifies the broader tendencies towards insecurity in capitalist societies. Housing crisis is a predictable, consistent outcome of a basic characteristic of capitalist spatial development. Housing is not produced and distributed for the purposes of dwelling for all. It is produced and distributed as a commodity to enrich the few. Housing crisis is not a result of the system breaking down, but of the system working as it is intended. So this episode features a viewing of a 3.6 million euro two-bedroom apartment at three Witzelben Platz in Charlottenburg, an affluent area in the west of Berlin, with a direct view of the Litzensee Lake and its surrounding park. I attended the viewing with researcher Pablo Arboleda, who was also undertaking a residency at ZKU at the same time as me. First of all, let's hear a bit more about the apartment from the brochure. Berlin the capital in the heart of Europe. Berlin is a place where people from all over the world come together. The German capital is considered one of the most attractive cities in Europe and has been showing an increasing growth rate in several areas for the past years. According to the survey from the 2017 by Price Waterhouse Coopers, Berlin is ranked number one for real estate investments the third year in a row. The survey argues that Berlin is the city in Europe with the most expected growth over the next 10 years. What could be better than living right in the city centre, yet directly by the verdant shores of a placid lake? It's all just one step away, right outside your door. Tucked away in the heart of Berlin's Charlottenburg district is one of the loveliest green oasis the city has to offer, the Lietzensee. The atmosphere in the district is very calm and safe, but at the same time close to the vibrant lifestyle of Berlin. The design of the apartment is absolutely divine and has been created in an extremely detailed way with a mixture of modernism and sophistication. It offers a modern architectural style, large format natural stone facade and sky frame windows from Switzerland. 
underfloor heating and cooling surfaces, high-quality sauna and steam shower, the fully equipped luxury kitchen and wood-burning fireplace, the first-class Italian furniture, two parking lots with charging stations for electric cars in the underground garage. Berkshire Hathaway Home Service Rubina Real Estate is a leading real estate consulting company focused on assisting international buyers with their real estate investments in Berlin, Germany. Due to close cooperations with trusted developers, lawyers, accountants and tax advisors, our multilingual team is in a perfect position to consult and assist our valued clients from all over the world. With a subsidiary in China, associate partner offices in Singapore and Hong Kong, as well as successful international co-operation partners, Rubina Real Estate is a worldwide active company. Pablo and I dug out the smartest looking things we had brought with us to Berlin and made our way to Charlottenburg. We chatted on a bench down the road from the apartment before meeting with the incredibly charming estate agent. Hi Pablo, here we are in Charlottenburg about to view a 3.8 million euro apartment. Maybe you could just introduce yourself and what you do. So my real story Your is real story. Uh, so my name is Pablo Arboleda. I am an architect uh, from Spain and I currently work as a postdoctoral researcher in the School of Geography in the University of Glasgow. And well, these days I'm spending three months in Berlin as part of my current research project. And so officially I'm doing fieldwork. That's it. So I'm very excited for this opportunity to collaborate with you, to give you a hand in this project and we'll try to play the role here. And what are you researching in Berlin? Berlin is just a, one of the four cases of study within my research project, currently investigating uh, the processes through which uh, abandoned buildings, they are reappropriated in a safely, collaboratively and creative way. So pretending to uh, retain the sense of what these buildings were before, so respecting the aesthetics, the materiality of the place, so how these places can be put into action, can be repurposed, but still retaining this sense of abandonment and ruined aesthetics. So pretty much the opposite of the type of space <laughs> we're about to see, I uh, guess. Yeah, definitely the opposite. Um, <laughs> And are you at all familiar with the luxury property market in Berlin or anywhere? I have no idea. I mean, this is something that I have, this would have never come to my mind to, to do. Like, this is visit these kind of places. It's completely out of my... Like, I could never afford a place like this, obviously, not in a million years, I guess. So I truly don't know whether what we are seeing today is uh, going to be, like, cheap in the in these luxurious standards or it's going to be something that is totally reasonable. So I have no idea. For me, everything seems very expensive. I'm familiar with the prices of uh, renting in, in Berlin and in Madrid, where I actually live, or in the UK. But yeah, I guess I'm familiar with the prices that, say, normal people deal with. Uh, but I think this goes completely mm. out of my sphere. Yeah, I know. Um, and this is, I mean, I've only viewed one property so far in Berlin, which was, I think, 1.4 million. So this is quite a jump. So having been disappointed by the space and quality of the last place, I am hoping for something that is a little bit more impressive. But judging from the, the specs and the, the images I've seen, I think it's it's going to be equally kind of shocking what you get for your money. Yeah, I saw those 
pictures as well when you send me the layouts and so on so I, I think the place has like 140 square meters which is big but it's definitely not a palace and uh, it is something actually my parents place in my hometown so we have two places both of them are, are bigger than this one so in terms of you know, spatial quality uh, I'm not so convinced here but uh, yeah I would like to explore why this property is so expensive in comparison with other properties because principal it doesn't seem that they are offering you way too much. Yeah, and I find it's strange because unlike London, perhaps, space doesn't seem particularly scarce in Berlin. Obviously, housing's a different story because it's becoming very unaffordable for people to rent even. But yeah, so are you feeling, how are you feeling about going into this situation? I think a few minutes ago or even this morning, I was maybe kind of more skeptical about my attitude. Or like I was maybe nervous, if you want. But now it's just like, okay, we are here we are only maybe what 100 meters away from the property so let's just do it yes (laughs) um and so let's shall we work out what our story is yeah so i think i've already said in an email to the estate agent that my partner is coming with me okay couple then which is the i don't know seems like the yeah it's it's a bit boring but i think well it's a good point as my opinion is the only way provide some sort of credibility here Mm. i mean if that's what we want to you know express because we are after all like two young persons you are 32 i'm 33 years old i guess when we you are visiting a place like this is because it's meant to become your home at some point and uh yeah i don't know so i'm totally fine with working as with you as a partner <laughs> yeah and, uh, and i fine. uh i mean i don't know if this comes up or if we'll talk about anything personal but i guess i'll just say i'm an artist and that's what brings me to berlin regularly and that's why i have really dirty trainers on and my hair's a mess <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I guess i will go for something like yeah i wouldn't like to hide my origin so i would still say that i come from spain only they ask me I, I will try and this could be a part of the exercise actually I will try simply to get stick to the questions they pose me I mean I'm, I'm, I will not try to provide extra information <laughs> if they don't if they just don't want yeah. to know about it so if if this is about basically visiting the property that's fine but if they want to you know break the ice with some personal questions then I'm fine and I would say I'm from Spain because I guess I cannot hide that because of my accent and you never know and when it comes to my professional life since I'm a researcher and nobody could ever believe that I have enough resources to buy this apartment with the salary of a researcher obviously you know the artistic environment is different because you never know if you're dealing with a very popular and successful artist or not uh, but in my case I will simply say that I just don't work or I have never worked and I think that is a strategy to add a degree of mystery in my character and and I guess when you hear that someone does not work you just don't continue asking questions because you don't want to know if you got the money from from a relative who died or something like that yeah it could come up in an awkward situation and I guess the real estate agent they just don't want to go that way so yeah we are a couple i don't work we are maybe what based between london and madrid maybe yeah yeah. Yeah, we come quite often to berlin to and perhaps we have a property in london to sell which would explain some of money they never ask these things but i always over overthink it and come up with some justification for why i'm there yeah Yeah. i think it's going to be nice nice view of the lake at least and uh (laughs) 
hot, it's really hot, yeah. really sweaty. Yeah. Um, so let's go and see what it's like. Yeah, sure. You're listening to Asset Arrest, helping you see the most exclusive parts of the city. Okay, we're just out of the viewing. What are your first thoughts on the property? Well, I, I think one of my first thoughts, it's not regarding the property, but it's actually regarding my own attitude, which is like how fast one can get into the character, <laughs> right? Like, uh, Everyone says that. Yeah, it's really? funny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you know, because it is. I, th- I think that the explanation for that is that it is not so different from other apartments viewing. You know, and we have already like visited in our personal lives many many places. So it's it's like uh, not a matter. So let's say the codes of introducing yourself and the kind of questions you pose they are not so di- i mean they are not different like essentially it is exactly the same the only thing that changes mm. is the obviously the, the context and the the quality of the of the space and the quality of the property and so on but for the rest i mean if you could just extract the sound of what we were talking in this apartment mm. here you could take that conversation into any other kind of context i guess it's yeah. it is not that shocking no. let's say yeah but it's it's very easy to just fit into the role i did not find the regarding the property so we had already seen the layout and some pictures so i didn't find it like very like, surprising so i somehow found what i was expecting to find so yeah. that was not shocking it it, uh, it wasn't very big at all for that money i mean yeah Two pretty small bedrooms, a very small, tight kitchen. Maybe the, the thing that I, I was, I found like actually something that I could, I didn't expect, or at least I have never seen something like that in my life, was the, the main bathroom. Yeah, that was the impressive. Main, there the was main. a sauna and a steam shower, yeah. and everything was very nice in it there. It was basically bigger than the bedroom itself. Yeah, I, I would say so. So that was like the kind of thing that would make you to think that yeah, this is a, a luxurious apartment and so on. Obviously, the quality of the space and everything is obviously perfect. But uh, and also the price of the kitchen that was pretty surprising to me. So so the that? furniture, a one hundred ninety thousand only the furniture of the kitchen. That considering that well, you know it's. Uh, kitchen uh, where you cook and there's a fridge and there's this kind of fridge thing. that was very difficult to open yeah it was Took three of us too modern <laughs> to us i guess and uh but yeah you know when you think that only the furniture of, of a kitchen uh, cost the same of what you would pay for a normal apartment in i guess in spain or something like a very decent uh, or in Berlin. Yeah, I mean. yeah, of course. Like, <laughs> I have friends these days that are looking for places for 100, 120,000 euros in this case. So when I see that there's a kitchen that only the furniture costs 190,000, it's uh, yeah, that was kind of shocking as well. I, di- I had never heard about that brand and I already forgot the name of the brand. But yeah, one of those things. Yeah, I think the, the current owners bought it in 2017 and have stayed in the apartment 10 times. But yeah, yeah, I guess they were the ones who kitted it out with all that furniture and those fittings and things. I mean, it was yeah, it was <coughs> impressive in some level, but in terms of textural, yeah, spatial yeah. quality mm-hmm. and for what- me, I found I found also interesting and it's kind of the kind of thing that uh, one feel the need to grasp a little bit deeper is uh, the story about this family selling this property. You know, this family bought this, the the place for a daughter. The daughter decides that she doesn't want to live. In Berlin so she has she's she's free enough to decide that after her parents buying a place like this one another daughter lives in Paris and I assume that she's not living in a shit hole 
plus, um, um, she also said the daughter had no reason to be in Berlin, so she chose, like, she decided she wanted to live in London <coughs> because she likes it there. And then why were they spending that much on an apartment for her in the first place? You know, for, for me, uh, it's, it, let's say the, the, the human dimension behind this story here, it, it turned to be, like, very tangible when they said that they were even selling the, you know, bowls and, 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 mm. and glasses and all that kind of thing that, you know, when you think about buying an apartment, you would never think about getting those things. No. You, you may think about getting a coach, even a, a bed, maybe. But what about getting this? Yeah. And, and when she showed us the plate and she said, oh, they're by something. Some, yeah. like, obviously very expensive, very expensive. brand of, of so, crockery. Uh, but I was like, but it looks exactly the same as something you'd pick up in Ikea. I, I, I couldn't help thinking how the degree... So, so how much money you must have in order to spend or to buy this place, obviously getting the furniture, but going into these small details like cups and bowls mm. and still being able or you just simply don't care about getting rid of those. Yeah. You know, it's like the investment you made two years ago, apparently. It's like you just don't care. So Did so she say they were an Israeli family? They said uh, they oh, no, came from... from Eastern Europe and yeah. they now live, they live in, in Israel. Israel. So, yeah. I just maybe for this even though for person I guess buying this place would mean the major investment they do in their lives I don't have the impression that this family for this family is the major investment in their lives it seems like a a random place they mm. bought a few years ago for a daughter, whatever, you know. Sure, they have done these kind of things many other times in many different places. They've bought her probably another place in London, I guess. For sure. They say that facing an investment like this and not worrying about the consequences of, of what will happen two days after is, I guess, is the major signal of wealthiness. Not being but worried about things, you know? She, I don't know, I guess she didn't detect such a level of wealth from us because she was showing us the plates and saying, you'll even get these, as if that was like some kind of factor that might swing the deal. But you know, because the, the place does not does not have anything else to offer. So it's like, hey, you can close the curtains pushing this button. Yeah. Okay, you know, I see, I've seen that in, in <laughs> films and movies, you know, it's not so shocking, I guess, yeah? Like, the thought of this guy in London or Israel, like, controlling the heating when no one's in the apartment, yeah. you know, like, moving the blinds that, up that, and down. But seriously, Laura, that's not even very impressive these days. <laughs> I'm impressed. That, no, I'm, I'm just, like, 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 confused. Like, considering this modern world, that's not so weird. Nowadays, you no. can basically program your washing machine or your cleaning robot or something like that it's that's not so but I just, why why bother putting the blinds up and down if you're not there i yeah i, I have no idea also something that i found uh, so even though this is 3.6 actually originally i thought it was 3.8 to make any difference though we were visiting probably most probably the cheapest apartment in this building because the other apartment in the same floor is like twice the size of this one uh the one upstairs no no the no, no, no not the one upstairs but the one so oh yeah, because she said, so the one we visited was 200 square meters, okay. while the other one was 400. Yeah. 
square meters. So you and the penthouse was the penthouse was the combination of the two. So and the penthouse sold for twelve million. For twelve million. Which she said she thought was probably the most expensive apartment in Berlin to have been sold. I mean that she knows of. A few months ago, I read the, in the newspaper. In, uh, this is um, uh, a property in Madrid. It was a duplex, also a penthouse, uh, even with a swimming pool for four million. Uh, sorry, 14, 14 million euros and seven hundred fifty square meters. So in that sense, the market price is, if that means something, they're kind of similar. This mm. luxurious market and the comparison between Madrid and Berlin, it would be kind of similar. Reaching the top, of course, yeah? Yeah, uh, so perhaps yeah. you can sell a penthouse like that in any kind of relatively major city for that price. I would say so, yeah, considering that the places like this, they would be they are very exceptional. Mm. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're, it's, it's for the person that wants to spend more than it, you know, it's for the person who wants to buy the most expensive thing available, you know, with some Which idea is, that uh, it's... Which is, I guess, one of the defining characters of the luxurious market. Sometimes paying more only for the sake of paying more, you know, sometimes... Yeah, th- th- that's the, what you get is yeah. just the joy of paying more. Yeah, it is uh, like there is a, a moment in which the proportionality between quality and price it grows exponentially so you don't get too many advantages for the amount it happens the same I guess with wine or something like that you know you can get a good bottle of wine for 15 euros and you can get an outstanding bottle of wine for 1000 I guess it's a matter of having the sensibility of uh, noticing the differences. I thought you played the part very well with your kind of distant, quiet... Smart questions. Smart questions. (laughs) Practical questions. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I I thought that my role would be more like a secondary role, considering that you were the one responsible for contacting the person. So you were mostly leading those questions. And obviously you have been visiting apartments like this before. So you... I guess you are more familiar with guiding the conversation or, mm. or taking the conversation to the direction you want. And for me, you know, I just simply posed the questions that came to my mind if I was meant to actually buy it. I wanted to know yeah, why are we paying this money? Why this or why that? You know? <laughs> Fixating on the 40 euros a month for the parking spaces. Because <laughs> I found it weird, you know. Because <laughs> see that, so the... the price of maintaining this maintaining this place monthly is basically 800 euros but th- and that's like water and heating water heating but no electricity i guess no but basically the the gro- I, I assume that the gross amount of that money is the maintenance and the cleaning of and of the entrance and things like exactly. that exactly and yeah. the, the garden and also taxes surely there's a, a yeah. monthly or a yearly tax that you have to pay only for the right of owning something Mm-hmm. But I'm just thinking, you know, 800 euros per month is, is the price that you would pay for renting a 90 square meters, <laughs> no matter where, place in Berlin here. No, I mean, yeah. In, yeah, when yeah. I in Neukölln or Kreisberg or something like that. And it's only the maintenance. And I also found ca- kind of shocking, and this is again the, the luxurious thing, parking, the garage, with all those fancy cars. Oh, uh, you know, this family. Two Porsches. Yeah, this family having two Porsches parked there the family is not even here what are those cars doing there exactly you know? i mean they've been here 10 times for they, sh- what? they surely don't even drive themselves around exactly so so for what purpose those those cars there i know? guess it's just storage isn't it for their 
many, many assets. But the other cars in there, did you see? Yeah, oh, there was God. a Rolls Royce. Yeah, and something that I had never seen before. Yeah. She picked up on me being an artist. I didn't say anything, but and I don't even know if I told her that or if she maybe figured she, it out. Well, it, it is very, I guess, easy to reach you. You know, particularly because maybe your name was on your email address. Oh, sure, my my email signature, but. And you just start, like if I had to like if I if I were her and if I had to meet a client and I know their names first thing I would do is to Google those names. Yeah, yeah. Well, me too. But then I'm just wondering. I mean, it wouldn't be impossible to Google and find that I'm doing this podcast series. But I guess they're not, not delving that, that deep but into I, things. If you just type Laura Yuli. Uh, artist in Google, it addresses us to your personal homepage. She can perfectly tell the kind of art you are doing. Obviously, she has no clue whether you're selling that for whether you're selling that for good money or you are not even selling that. So yeah, I guess that's difficult. That, that, and that, that, I guess that's part of the game. These people are getting surely like big commissions for selling this. And after all, this took her, what, 30 minutes of her time. Yeah, plus it she could, doesn't sound like she has that many appointments. It could be a great deal for her, you know? Yeah. 30 minutes of job and, and, and you may get, I don't know, let's say 7% out of 4 million or 3 million and a half, makes 50,000 50, euros. Does easily. that make you feel bad for wasting her time? At the beginning when you presented me the project, that was one of the main things that I thought. Just as at, at the beginning because you presented it as a sort of artistic research project and, and you know, I come from a, an academic background and I assume that I would not be allowed to conduct a research like this. But you know, at the same time, I come from a school of geography, meaning that uh, it has nothing to do with art and with the creativity that an art project could could show or could present at some point. No, I mean, just in a nutshell. I no, I, fine. I, I didn't feel bad at all. I we were only there for 20 minutes. I think she's got plenty of money and appointments going on, probably. Yeah, no, no, no. I will sleep well tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll sleep well knowing that we don't have to live in that place. <laughs> yeah, well, it is a beautiful place. No, <laughs> now, no but, you know, b before uh, coming here, I told you, if I had the money, I would never live in a place like this. But then you have to think, how much money do you have? Because that's that's the great discussion. Let's say, if that this is definitely not the house of my dream. No. That, that's for sure. But it was probably not even the house of the dreams of the guy who bought that. It was just, as we would say, it's just another, another place they got. Within maybe 10 all the properties all around the world and it's convenient to buy because it's part of this you know this they, those estate agents are predominantly selling to international people so mm -hmm. they're set up to kind of market things in a certain way and make things I guess quite easy for people who maybe don't live in Germany to buy this speculation tax things interesting yes I mean is that I never heard that I've before. never heard of this so I'm going to look into it but it's I get the feeling this is thing. probably one of the Berlin. better aspects yeah. of like the German government and what they're doing sure. to keep prices down yeah, yeah, because in, but uh, it's obviously not working well enough because prices are still increasing at uh, an insane rate. And it's it also important to see at which point do you apply that speculation tax? Because as uh, the woman was saying, there used to be a small building here which they tear it down, and then obviously suddenly you can build this building and. Uh, then mm. you can come up with the range of prices you want. So that's also a way of speculation. Yeah, what point does it become speculation? Exactly. That's all for episode four. Please stay tuned for details of the next Asset Arrest podcast that will be released in September. Forthcoming episodes will also explore the proliferation of student housing developments in Newcastle. 
which, although different from the luxury property I've been looking at, they are similarly offered and marketed towards a global community, offering a kind of lifestyle hub hosted by a brand lord and extending a WeWork-style setup into a residential block. So I'm keen to consider how this short-term and rapidly changing community is also impacting upon a more established local community, as well as the notion of place. Till next time.